I like getting gifts. Does anybody else like getting gifts? Oh, come on. Seriously? How many like giving gifts? Yeah, that's kind of fun, isn't it? Uh, well, I have a gift for you today. This gift is for you as a father, and that is this. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks with them when they go golfing? Just in case they get a hole in one. Uh, I've gotten hole in socks, but I've never gotten a hole in one. Um, one of the things with me for when it comes to gift giving and gift receiving, though, is I have a pet peeve. And my pet peeve with gift giving or gift receiving is when somebody comes up and asks me, so what do you want for Christmas? It's kind of a pet peeve. I mean, I get it when I was a kid and you made your list and you hoped that your parents bought what was on your list. You know, you, you kids don't get this, but when I was a kid, back to that video, we would look through the Sears catalog or the J.C.'s Penney's catalog dog ear the pages, maybe you had a piece of paper, you wrote the page number and what it was, oh, that's, that's what we did. Um, but I, I don't like getting, um, one, having somebody ask me for a list of things that I want, and number, uh, number two, I, I don't want somebody else to tell me what they want. And part of the reason for that, that pet peeve is um, for, for me, gift giving is all about taking the time to think about that person and what I would like to give them that is a, maybe a representation of them or it's, it just says, I've thought about you more than just um, getting your list and going to the store and saying, oh, I can afford that one and buying it. Some of my best gifts by either Terry or my kids, especially as my kids got into you know, later teens and adult years, is when they would give me something, and I was totally surprised. But as soon as I received it, it was like, yes, <laughs> this is what I need. <laughs> Just as last Christmas, is an example of one of those things because my family knows my pet peeve because I've expressed it maybe once or twice or 15 times. Uh, but we were having Christmas at our, our house here and it, and it was just our immediate family, so it was just our daughter Nicole, <clears throat> excuse me, and Grant and his girlfriend at that time who, she's, they just got engaged the weekend, last weekend, so woohoo. Um, so it was just the five of us. Our oldest son was in San Diego. He didn't come home. And, and so Grant and Hope come over, and Grant carries in this tall box. And you can tell it's heavy. And it's wrapped, you know, as good as Grant can wrap it. And he comes in and sets it down, and it goes with a clunk. And as we get through dinner and it's time to open gifts, come to realize that it is for me. So Grant comes up and says, Merry Christmas, Dad. This is from Jordan and me. And I'm like, holy cow, what in the heck? So rip it open, and here it is a, a deer stand. It's a ladder deer stand. 
Now, the reason why this was such a great gift for me, you know, one, because I like to deer hunt, and it's nice to be in a deer stand. My deer stand I have now, I bought many, 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 many years ago. It's a ladder stand, but it's a single seater. It has no safety bar. And so sometimes I get out there and I go, oh, I left my straps at home. You know, that kind of stuff. And so over the last couple of years, I ha- when we've been out deer hunting at our place, I've, I've had, I just made this comment, oh, I got to remember one of these years I got to buy a new deer stand. I just want to get one of those two-seaters that are a little more, you know, a little more room and get the safety bar and, and all that kind of stuff. And my boys actually listened to me. Right? Another gift I got a number of years ago is what is in this box. Another one of those gifts that um, I've had the, this gift for quite a while, um, but it took me a while to figure out how to use it. Um, it is marked up because I've used it a lot since I got it. Um, but yeah, I just kind of show you. It, I got some tools. Here's, here's one of the tools. Like I said, it's used now because I figure out how to use it. But it was, it was silly because at first, I couldn't figure out how to use it. You know, like I'm... It's like, oh, that's not working very well. And then, and then I, I got this other one. They call this the saws all. I mean, this like saws like all. You know, like everything. And so, I, you know, again, I got this, put the blade in there, and I'm thinking, there's got to be a better way. This, it cuts, but it's going to take me forever. Another piece came with this set that I thought was pretty cool, and it was this drill. And came with this box with a bunch of different bits and all that kind of stuff. And it's pretty great. And, and you're supposed to really be able to screw things in really fast. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying this. and I don't know. It seems to me a screwdriver would work better. So, any of you kids out there, can you tell me what my problem was? Yeah. You need power, right? Then I realize, oh, there's a battery. You put the battery on, and all of a sudden, now, Tim Taylor, Tool Man Taylor, you know, oh, 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 yeah. Now the sawzall solves all, and you can drill like crazy. But then there was another thing I noticed, and that is eventually this would wear out. I mean, the battery would get empty. So there's this one last piece that was important, and that is this. This is the charger. I know for some of you, you're a lot smarter than me, so you figured this out before you even got it out of the box. But I'm just a pastor. When the battery runs out, you've got to recharge the battery. Otherwise, these great tools just don't work. Our text today is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, and we're going to be talking about gifts. Gifts that are given to us by 
the Spirit of God for us to use within the body. And there's one thing that I want you to walk away with today, and that is this. God empowers and we build up. Okay? God empowers and we build up. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start with verse 4. And Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. He says, now there are varieties of gifts. But the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Did did you notice before I go on (laughs) that Paul starts out this section where he's talking about gifts, letting us know that there are, yes, varieties of gifts, but not only varieties of gifts, but varieties of service? in varieties of activities. And it's God who empowers them all. Think about that for a moment. It's not only gifts that God empowers, but our activities and our service, God empowers. Verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Again, for me, notice, to each is given. To each, that means to all. It's not just pastors or other staff. or It's to all. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 8, for to one is given... Through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Did you see that in these verses? God empowers. It's amazing to me as I have been looking at this verse and as we've gone all the way through 1 Corinthians, how many things were issues for the church in Corinth? How many things were sources of divide? And here is another example of something which is by, ironically, called a gift. Something that God has given us. And what do we as a church do? We divide around it. My story around the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Um, I was fortunate enough growing up in high school to have a fairly large group of Christian friends, and we had a group from a number of different churches, and one of my best friends grew up in the Assemblies of God Church, which is Pentecostal, 
they talked about the Holy Spirit often. I grew up in the covenant denomination, and we don't talk about the Holy Spirit that often. And I heard about this Holy Spirit from my friends who are more the Pentecostal persuasion and about speaking in tongues. And so I began reading books about the baptism of the Spirit and speaking in tongues, and I began praying. I remember being in my room at night, just, God, just give me speaking in tongues. Give me tongues. Give me tongues. And nothing happened. So came a point that I just go, oh well, it's not for me. So I stopped. And then something happened in my life, and that is I was working for Youth for Christ, working with at-risk kids, kids who did not grow up in a Christian home. I remember one junior high boy, it was March, it was late 30, or temperature was high 30s, you know, so it was chilly, and I'm driving down the road, and I see this 13-year-old boy, he's in jeans and a t-shirt, and he's by himself, and he's walking, and I pull over, and I go, what are you doing without a jacket? He'd just gotten kicked out of his mom's house. Mom told him not to come back. All he had was the clothes on his back. So I brought the boy to my house. He stayed at my house until we could get things figured out with his mom. But the ironic thing is this boy had two siblings, all three of them different fathers. There's another boy who... I worked with that um, his dad and mom got a divorce. They weren't churchgoers, but his dad had an affair and started another family. And when his dad started the other family, he didn't want anything to do with his son. Another boy that I worked with, his dad was a Vietnam vet, so drug addiction was prevalent in his life and when this boy's mom became pregnant with him, the father wanted the mom to abort him. The father had nothing to do with him. And here, here I am. I, I grew up in a Christian home. Christian mom and dad who love each other, far from perfect, but love each other. We're at church at least three times a week at no point have I ever not felt loved, and at no point had I ever gotten kicked out of my house, and no time was there ever any kind of drug or alcohol addiction. And I found myself on my knees, but this time, for a different reason, it was, God, I need help. I, I can't do this. I don't know how to impact these young boys with your truth. I can't relate to them. Two things happen. One, I sense God say, you need to show them what a godly man looks like. And then it was a little while later, I was at a conference and we were 
And what the subject was not important, but at the end of the conference, there was a prayer time, and they were praying for people, and I went up and I asked for prayer because I needed help. And as this man came and laid hands on me and prayed for me, he prayed that God would empower me with his Holy Spirit to do the work that God had called me to do. And at that moment, I had a physical experience with the Spirit of God. Thankfully, the guy was wise enough to say, don't worry about tongues or anything else, just allow the Spirit of God to wash over you. From that day forward, God has placed me in environments that are beyond my ability to do on my own strength. And it is what keeps me on my knees before the Lord. Even here, okay? You don't know how many times in the last three and a half years I've just been, God, I don't know what to do. Not, not, this is not about you being bad people or anything. It's about, it's about this, this is a weight, and I have had this conversation with our elders before, is that this, leading a body of believers, is a weight. And sometimes that weight is overwhelming. But like you, I have seen things around the Holy Spirit and things around the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen them abused and misused. I've seen them overemphasized. I've also seen them underemphasized. So that creates a tension for us. What, what do we do? We, we have, and Paul calls them, gifts. Gifts from the Spirit of God. Gifts. And I, and I feel like, for me, there are times that myself and even us we get these gifts and we're trying to do whatever we're supposed to do without the battery. Whatever, whatever the empowerment thing is, whatever it is, whether it's we, we try to downplay the Holy Spirit or we're trying to put something in here other than what the Holy Spirit is really trying to do, we try and do it on our own and we create more of a mess than what it's really meant to be. The difficulty that we experience today around the gifts of the Holy Spirit is no different than what the church in Corinth experienced. So I think we can learn a lot from Paul. And the main thing that I want you to grasp today is this. Again, God empowers and we build up. You see... um, Notice that in the very beginning, and I pointed this out when we were reading the text, that it's about gifts and 
It's more than spiritual gifts. It's about gifts and serving and activities. And so when it comes to being people who are pursuing love and earnestly desiring the things of the Spirit, especially that you prophesy, or when we're people that are, are, as Paul says in uh, verse 1 of chapter 12, now concerning the things of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit and being empowered with the Spirit is, is, is the gifts here in our text. But it's so much more, it is when we are serving one another, it's when we are in activities that bring glory to God that we try to do them without the power and we don't get anywhere and we have a gift, we have service and activities that are empowered by God. Last week I said being spirit-led is all about intimacy So if we, if our main point today is that God empowers and that we build up and we want to be spirit-led, maybe this intimate relationship with the Father, maybe it's a big deal. Paul also says in verse 6, he says, God empowers them all in everyone. Empowers, the Greek word is similar to our, our word of energy. So God gives energy in everyone to do gifts, to have gifts play out in our life, to serve, to do activities for God's glory. God gives energy for that. It it is like being plugged in with a battery, a cordless tool, plugging it in. Power to do it. What happens when we don't rely on the power of the Spirit? Burnout. Exhaustion. We give up. Because we try to do it on our own. And it's like the sawzall without the battery. We can saw all day and not get anywhere. You put that battery in and all of a sudden, right through. Another thing I want us to notice is this, that everyone is given the revelation of the Spirit, Paul says. Notice here, again, it's Everyone is given a revelation of the Spirit. I mentioned this earlier. It's not just me or an elder or somebody you think is spiritually whatever. Everyone, kids, teenagers, you are given a revelation of the Spirit. I use the word revelation because in some of your translations, most of them say manifestation, and manifestation means to reveal or to make visible, to make known. So to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So to each of us, through each of us, when we are empowered by God and we are doing our acts of service and our activities and we are operating the gifts 
empowered by God, the Spirit of God is revealed. This is why, for me, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, where Paul says, I pray that I come to you not in a demonstration of lofty speech or fancy words, but a demonstration of spirit and power. The reason why I pray that almost every Sunday when I'm standing here during worship is because if I just come with my fancy words, it does nothing. But if I come in the spirit and the power, as Paul says, what happens? People put their faith in God, not in men. When we use our gifts or when we serve on our own energy, on our own ability only, people will have a tendency to thank you which is fine, we all need that affirmation. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we are operating the gifts, when we serve in the empowerment of the Spirit, people put their faith in God because we begin to do things that are outside our natural ability. Remember, God empowers and we build up. Paul also says here, that this revelation is for the common good. This is for us. Again, when you operate in your gifting and are empowered by the Spirit, it is good for the whole body. And see, where we get off track often, and I'm guilty of this too, is when I want a gift for me. We need a desire to be empowered with the Spirit for out there. Not for me. Out there. Another thing we need to notice from this passage is the Spirit distributes to each one as He wills. I'm jumping over all the gifts because you can read whatever book about whatever, all the gifts and what they mean and all that kind of stuff. And so today is not about the gift of prophecy and what it is or the gift of knowledge. So I'm just jumping right down to the last verse in this passage, verse 11, where the Spirit distributes to each one as He wills. Again, God empowers. It's the Spirit that distributes to each one again it's to all of us even kids it's for you it's not just pastors it's to everyone all these gifts that Paul just listed the spirit distributes them and this is important because what we need to realize is that um, you see, some of us we don't think about the gift of healing until until I'm sick or somebody very close to me is sick, and then now all of a sudden, God, give me the gift of healing. 
And sometimes we pray through our verses about the gift of healing. And maybe the reason why the person is sick is because of sin in their life. I mean, you, Brad, you're wacky there. No, remember, just in chapter 11, when we talked about coming to the communion table, some in Corinth were coming with wrong hearts. And Paul says, some of you are sick and some of you have died because you've come to the table with the wrong heart. You had sin in your life. And sometimes we pray through our verses on healing and then what we don't realize is that person that is sick may have sin in their life. So the prayer should not be that they be healed. The prayer should be that God would reveal to them their sin, that they would see it, that they would repent, get on their knees, and then healing will You see, um, the main point, God empowers and you build up. It is the Spirit that distributes. All, All of that means that when I'm praying for somebody, the first thing that goes through my mind is not, okay, what are the verses I know about this? And i got to pray them. The first thing that needs to be in your mind is, Holy Spirit, what do you have for this person right now? What does this person need from you? Because I, I can pray all the verses, I can list them off, and nothing's going to happen. I haven't done anything for the common good, but hmm, what if the Spirit speaks to me? I, I don't know how many times... I've prayed and I've just rattled off the verses and nothing has happened. And on the flip side, <laughs> the times where I said, God, what do you have for this person? And, you know, I think of my neighbor who in Rockford might have told us before, but he had a heart condition. And Terry and I were in the yard and he came over and he was telling about we prayed for him and began praying and and I said, God, what do you have for this neighbor? And Spirit spoke to my spirit and says, his, his spiritual heart needs healing. And so then I began praying about his spiritual heart. Because his spiritual heart is way more important than his physical heart. Because if he gets a physical heart healing and his spiritual heart doesn't change... It doesn't do for anything for him for eternity. People, God empowers. You build up, which means God gives you the tool. He empowers it. Use the tool the way God intended to use the tool. And the beginning way to use that tool is by listening to the Holy Spirit by asking Him what would it be like if we had a church full of people who were spirit-led intimate with the Father lived their life in a way realizing that God empowers 
and that we're to build up. What, what if we had a group of people and that's what we did? I have a challenge for you this week. A little application point here. Take the next seven days, please. And begin your day with 30 minutes with God. Just do it. If you have to get up 30 minutes earlier, do it. 30 minutes with God. Read your Bible. As you're reading your Bible, ask the Spirit to reveal to you His truth while you're reading. Then think about your day, your work, your friends, your family, your neighborhood, where you're going to be. Ask the Spirit to empower you in each situation you're in. When you're at work, Holy Spirit, give me your gifts that I need to do my work today, to impact the people in my job today. Holy Spirit, as I'm interacting with my family, give me your spirit and the gifts of your spirit that I need to impact my family because I know that you empower all and I'm to build up. Let's pray. Spirit of God, empower us to do the work you've called us to do. Empower us. We submit our lives to you. All our activities, all our services, the gifts you have given us, we surrender all to you. Because we know that we are empowered by you and we are to build up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know we run late. Sorry we had a lot of things going. And, but we still want to take five minutes and go to our community corners that we started last week. Um, 